your CRM should be your source of truth. So even though you could be using intent data platforms like Lucia, that's telling you that this company is looking for sales training, you pull that into your CRM because that's where your place of knowledge bank of capturing information and then you build your outreach messages or whatever messaging framework that you want to build or whatever pursuit plan that you're looking at. Do some research, find a reason to reach out, give a little bit of value through an insight-led approach. Don't be so forceful in asking for a meeting, right? It doesn't always have to be like that. It can be a nurture-led approach, and over time, it will deliver a return on investment. Welcome to another episode of the How to Sell podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi. I just want to say thank you very much for showing up. If this is the first time you were joining us, um, welcome. We're really, really excited to share this content with you. Um, now, this is a podcast, which is a little bit different. Yes, it's all about how to sell, but we we look at things from a different perspective. We actually interview buyers and we look at the process from the buyer's lens so that we can help you determine what buyers need to go through, what process they need to go through to get to that point of decision. Um, and if you're a long-time listener, we just want to say thank you for showing up. And please don't forget to subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast. This way, it will allow us to continue to bring great guests and great content. So I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. So welcome, Dave. Thanks, Louis. I was, I was wondering when you were going to intro me. It was taking a while to get into there. <laughs> well, mate, I'm still struggling. And for those, if you, if you are a long-time listener, um, you'll know that I held this seat on my own for a long time. So I'm still struggling with that whole concept of being a co-host. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> I was struggling this week because you changed your title on LinkedIn to co-host of the How to Sell podcast. And it was a bit of a, uh, you know, and part of me, Dave, I thought to myself, do I really need you to host this podcast? Well, you do need a bit of uh, bit of carrying. So who else better? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of, and I know, look, not all of our listeners would love football, right? Or the round ball, the real, well, I say the real football, right? I don't want to piss some of our listeners off, but. It's kind of like saying just lost Chelsea don't really American need a coach to lose. They're going to lose pretty much with any coach they've got, right? Louis, do you, how dare you say that? Why would you say that? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, just to bring again, let's let's bring a bit of bit of personality. So, David is a um, he's a Chelsea supporter, and unfortunately, they're going through a really really great period where they can't even win a game even after buying like 40 it's players. a rebuilding but we won't go there because this is not rebuilding. a rebuilding everyone goes through it we're rebuilding just a little bit more expensive rebuilding. <laughs> building a whole league with the amount of plays but we're not we're not going to go this is not a podcast you know what we actually should create a, a sales podcast for people that like football that would be that, that, that's actually a pretty good idea but dave let's jump into last week um yes. we decided to do uh this week we're, do, we're doing a, a bit of a I'd say solo episode, right? Because it's just it's just me and you, but we're building on the episode we did with Tim because there was so many great takeaways from Tim, who's Director of Enablement at Lucia. And there was a moment at the end where Tim spoke about how we initially reached out to him and, um, yeah. and the process. Yeah, like he mentioned during that episode that you reached out to him uh, via email when he started a new role. So I'm hearing that yep. trigger alert in the head, yeah. Um, so talk to us about how how did you know he started a new role? Share, share the process on that initial outreach message and what value did you provide to, to Tim in order for him to pick up the phone? Because I imagine, you know, anyone starting a new role, mm. they're getting information overload. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. It's busy. 
let alone getting hit up by saying congratulations on a new job, which everyone gets a thousand times now uh, when they change roles on LinkedIn. What did you do? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a good question. And, and that's why I wanted to, you know, we spoke about building on the episode with Tim, right? To make this a very, very tactical podcast, a very tactical episode for our listeners and our audience um, on the playbook that I ran to not just get Tim into a conversation, but help him or, or move that conversation to a point of decision, which was ultimately a contract, right? So, and you are right. I used the trigger event of Tim starting a new role. Um, but I think the first thing to identify, I already had a list um, designed in, in LinkedIn. So I was mm -hmm. using Sales Navigator. There was some a search that I had pulled of certain companies um, of a certain size and I essentially set up a trigger so that if there was any ever if if there was any ever change any change that occurred in that organization, it would then let me know that there's you know been a person that started in the role. Um, and so it has so that a that company alert like saying they're yeah. hiring or they've just hired because you weren't a connection with Tim before he no. joined Lucia, so you didn't get that automatic thing that everyone gets. When someone they're connected to moves, no, I wasn't. I wasn't connected with him. Okay, so I let I, I let the tech, I let the tool. Um, so in sales navigator, in sales navigator, you can set it up so that if there's any ever change in leadership, it'll it'll let you know. You can also do the same in in for example, if you set up Google RSS feeds or a Google feed, right? You can yeah, have a Google, Google alert, things. yeah, and it'll tell you if the company's in the news. But I set this up in LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So I was automatically, you know, advised that, hey, they've got a new person. And so what I did was I then checked and go, you know what, perfect, perfect persona, the enablement um, leader. Um, so that was my first thing. I had, and those alerts are happening all the time. So I'm seeing in, in my target accounts, um, not just my target accounts, but particular lists that I've built, um, I'm, I'm letting the tool do the work for me to tell me when is the right time to potentially reach out because that new hire or starting a new role is a really, really powerful trigger to be leveraging in, in your outreach process. Question for you. Now, these triggers are coming in. You know, it could be thick and fast depending mm. on what's happening in the market. Um, were you reactive and you know, were trying to multitask and then went out to Tim or – do you set yourself up with a certain amount of time today to check these triggers or to check these lists? You know, do you have a bit of a process is what I'm trying yeah. to get to for that because we all get too busy and you can let a lot of this slip, yeah? So what, what's your process? Yeah, so look, from a business development perspective, I have a certain target. I've got a list of people, of companies that I'm targeting, right? So at any okay. given time, there's my hot list, which are the companies that – my ideal customer profiles that I'm like, you know what, these are kind of perfect. They're in the perfect quadrant for what we do, yeah, or for what I do. So obviously I'm always checking that to make sure because that have, for me, those accounts, there's a higher propensity for them to convert when I talk to them, right? Um, then I've got my other list, but then my main list is the one that I'm constantly, you know, checking. Um, because I'm not just always, and this is this is this is the thing we also have to um, discuss as well, right? A lot of people think about prospecting and go, you know what? I just need to prospect. I need to develop a cadence, hit this list, 
as many times as I can in the next two weeks, and then I'll move on to the next next record if I don't engage with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very very short term strategy. That um, you know what, if you've got a huge TAM, so you know what is TAM? If you've got a huge addressable market and you've got an endless list of customers to talk to, yeah, that could yield a return for you. But for me, I'm like, I want to squeeze as much juice out of my list as possible. Yeah. And I'm not just looking at the first two weeks. I mean, I'm building relationships and nurturing prospects for like, in some cases, six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. So I'm not always looking to talk to them today about closing a deal today, because in some cases, the timing is just not right. Yeah. For a whole variety of reasons. This is why building a robust relationship funnel is actually really important. So just to answer your initial question, I identified, I've got my hot list of, of, of companies that at any, I'm always kind of looking looking at some. They are in a cadence of of outreach that I'm I'm using because you know timing. There's certain triggers. There's you know particular messages that I'm using, and some are just sitting there where I'm 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 just watching. Yeah, it's like I'm a watch list. It's like you know the stock market. Yeah, you've got your watch list. You haven't bought them yet. You're waiting for the right time to purchase. Right. How are you managing the list? Um, I just want to get a little bit nitty gritty yeah. there. Is it in your CRM? Is it just sales nav? Are you putting it into a spreadsheet? You know, everyone always gets, you know, I need a tool for this or that they have to go to the yeah. management and requesting funds for a tool. You know, is yeah. there a low buy way? At that time, at that time when I was talking to Tim, it was in HubSpot, right? Okay. So HubSpot was kind of my, that was my gold list. That's where I would put all my data in. Okay. Um, yes, it's kind of working simultaneously with Sales Navigator. So if something triggered, great, I'd bring that trigger, pop it into HubSpot, put my notes, come up with my message, and then start the outreach process, right? Um, now, again, I also want to put a caveat on this. You know, this is not a, a model where you can go, you know what, I'm going to be running a thousand contacts through some sequence. And I'm just going to put, you know, this personalization at scale and all that crap. This is not that model, right? Um, and for those critics who might be saying, oh, yeah, but you probably won't close as many deals. Um, I actually mapped this out in a, and you were part of that process, you know, when mm-hmm. I did this, I mapped out like a six-week um, prospecting campaign. And from that six-week prospecting campaign, we closed, you know, near on 750K in business. Um, and we booked from 57 prospects, I booked 27 meetings and we closed that match business, right? So we actually mapped it all out. We mapped pretty much every particular metric from that cadence, just yeah. from that contacts, right? Yeah. Obviously the things that were booked in the third, the second and the third month, but just that set of contacts that we put through from that list that I initially mm-hmm. developed and Tim was part of that list, right? So just to go back a step, um, your CRM should be your source of truth. So even though you might have, you could be using intent data platforms like Lucia, that's telling you that this company is looking for sales training. You could be, pull that in, pull that into your CRM because that's where your place of, you know, your knowledge bank of capturing the information and then you build your outreach messages or whatever messaging framework that you want to build or whatever, you know, whatever pursuit plan that you're looking at. Because, you know, we might have a pursuit plan, which with Tim, it was an email phone. It was LinkedIn email phone actually. Um, so explain that. Places. Explain that to, to everyone listening. So you yep. emailed, you hit him up on LinkedIn, and you called him. Was this all like one after the other? Bang, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah, 
pretty, 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 pretty much together, right? So it was a multi-channel out, outreach. I threaded. Um, I, I first initially did my um, LinkedIn and said, you know, it was a really simple. Uh, I can't remember the exact term. I think something like congratulations on, um, you know, the role at Lucia. Huge Lucia lover, right? Actually, put that there. Huge Lucia fan. Been part of the, uh, been a customer from you know pretty much day one, right? And that was the truth, yeah. Yeah. Um, then I also shot him an email um, with a very similar message, but in that email, um, I actually said uh, I've got a little bit of feedback on the sales process that I've experienced with Lucia. You know, when you got your feet under the table, would love to share this with you. I love that. It's a bit of intrigue. Yeah. It's almost a little bit of a yeah, curiosity. Yeah, that's right. So it was like, you know, awesome to hear about this role. I think it's – and I knew it was the first enablement person they brought on, right, because I was I was watching that business. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to share some insight. So that's what I said. I've got some feedback on the sales process I think you'll find insightful when you get your feet under the desk because I was also using empathy, yeah? Mm -hmm. First started, probably got a ton of things. When you've got your feet under the desk, let me know. When's a good time to connect? I'm happy to share this with and you. And that was quite short, yeah? Like that was a nice Very short, sharp email, bit of value, not, not yeah. even value, just intrigue. Um, Correct. You know, and value that he could derive from you from that conversation, right? So yeah. like why not? Pardon the interruption, but I have to let you know about this free resource. The Growth Forum newsletter has over 10,000 subscribers that are learning how to sell. Each and every week, we send you tips, strategies, and also some tools and tech on how to achieve the most out of your sales pipeline. If you're ready to level up, sign up for free at growforum.io forward slash newsletter and get the first issue this week. And, you know, I think I'm, a, I'm an, and as you know, I'm a very big fan of insight-led approach, right? So I've mystery shopped, I've bought products, um, I've gone to events, um, you know, in my prospecting process, I wanna earn the right to get a meeting. And if that means I have to go on a shopping cart and purchase an actual product from someone to get that experience, so then I can use that experience in my outreach message, I'll do it, yeah. right? If I mean I've got to go, and I did this when I was um, prospecting into an automotive business, a very, very well-known German brand, I went to six different locations. Um, now, I'm not saying you do this for every single prospect, right? Otherwise, you'd just be in a zone of research. But depending on the potential size of the opportunity, will dictate the type of research that you do, yeah? So historically, when I've sold into large enterprise opportunities, I would spend a lot of time doing that research, yeah? Because I want to be able to then have, I have a better understanding and I can really create a very insightful-led message. Yeah. Um, if it's a small opportunity, you might go, okay, um, I'm going to do just a little bit, you know, of pragmatic research. But you can actually do this, and this is also something that, you know, we obviously teach this in the Sales OS program, right? But this is something part of my practice is as you're building your list, you can, whether you're doing it on a spreadsheet or you're doing it in your CRM, you can do an element of this pragmatic research. You should be always doing it, doing a bit of Google, checking in the news, maybe going on their site, having a look, depending on what you sell as well, yeah? So depending on what you sell will dictate what you're looking for. You want to be looking for something that indicates that there could be a potential problem that you could help them solve. And then you want to be able to come up with some form of like, you know, people call it 
a value hypothesis, right? But you want to come up with some form of um, message that you know if you have that conversation and you deliver that message, it's going to earn the right for them to say, you know what, or earn the right for you to progress that conversation. And this is the key. This is not a transactional top 500 people in a sequencing tool and just push it out. This is exact methodology that I use with Tim. So just to go back a step, I used the tools available, Sales Navigator, to tell me there was a change in one of my accounts that I would, wanted to talk to. I then created a message, leveraged a multi-channel. So I leveraged multiple channels to reach out to get his attention. I got his attention immediately. There was a soft CTA, right? With a bit of empathy, we just happened to jump on a call very, very quickly into the process. And then from there, it was, I did share that insight. And so this is what I've observed. Um, and then I just started nurturing, right? Um, and it didn't take too long to get into a point of, hey, this is an actual gap that I've been brought on to fill. Yeah, you, you okay. I think that process there, you know, that, and that was a great breakdown, right? Um, from everything you did, and you don't have to follow that same approach. Mm. Uh, a, a good friend of the show, Alan Dib, uh, the author of the One Page Marketing Plan. One thing that he does quite well is that if someone signs up on his website, he would send them a book, uh, but he won't just yeah. send them one book. He'll send them two books, one for them and one that they can either give to one of their staff or gift to someone yeah. else. Then he follows up with a call and an email asking about what they thought of the book. So it gives him gives him the right to follow up and ask a yeah. question. Um, and look what you did there. You signed up. You were a long-time user of the platform. You might have just signed up for a free trial and yeah. have some feedback on the onboarding sequence. Like that literally takes five minutes to do, you know, mm. but that would put that potential seller, you know, way above others who are just trying to reach out with a generic message. Yeah. And, you know, again, there's there's multiple ways to do this, right? And and you can do this across, like I've heard, you know, this isn't specific to my market, et cetera. And, and, and this is not about me putting tickets on myself, Dave, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one that sure? likes self-promotion, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Um, but you know, when 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 we booked a meeting with the one of the most senior um enablement people at HubSpot, and we did that and we flew to Dublin to have the meeting, right? So yeah. for those of our audience that knows to get to Dublin from Australia, it's a fair distance. It takes a long time to get there, right? So it was a very similar approach, right? Obviously, I had insight coaching a, a few reps. Um, across HubSpot, um, had really good observation about some of the gaps and I was able to leverage that into my message to get that meeting with the person I needed to in Dublin. Yeah. So um, again, it's, it's, it's a consistent method that when you execute and that insight-led approach. Now, it doesn't matter what role. You might be saying, but I'm an SDR, right? I've got all these, I've got all these, this pressure on activities, activities, activities. You can absolutely still facilitate this. You just might not do it to the depth that I do because I, I don't have, you know, that pressure of booking, you know, five meetings a day. But I can tell you that I'm getting between 15 to 25% of the prospects that I reach out to in a meeting, right? Because I'm spending a bit more time researching. And to validate this, our great friend Alice from, from who was at DocuSign, who became one of the number one um, BDRs in Australia, was because... He was only doing 12, he was reaching out to 12, 12, on average 12 prospects a day, booking four to five meetings, right? His target was 50 outreach. 
um, contacts a day, but he was not even doing half of that, right? Because he was spending a bit more time at the front end because he was looking for the outcome. It was a certain outcome he was looking for. He wasn't too worried about the level of activity because he knew if he did a bit more research, he'd get a better outcome, right? So you can still do this. You can still facilitate this if you're an SDR, if you're a full cycle AE and you, you have to do more prospecting, which we are seeing that move happen more and more now, which I'm so, so happy about that because I think AEs yeah. can self-generate. It just, you know, can be And that such didn't a take better long in memory. I think that was like no. a two, two, three-month turnaround from going yeah, from we crazy activity. Right. Yeah. I remember you were on the coaching calls, the group ones there, you, you know, he brought it down, mm-hmm. focused more, and then his pipeline just blew up. Yeah. And this is the thing, you know, there's a lot of great content out there um, from our great friends at Lavender, Jen Allen, mm. um, Morgan Ingram. There's so many incredible people out there that will talk about, okay, well, how do you create a great, you know, email and how, what should the email structure be? The 50 words, three, you know, subject line three, keep it mobile friendly, get spam words, you know, keep it really sharp and short. And that's all great. But the key, the key to a successful outreach process is that initial research, right? Because if you can show them that you know them, and Tim actually said that I showed him that I knew him, Mm -hmm. right? I leveraged that trigger. I provided a bit of insight and a soft CTA. It made it, the decision architecture for him was really simple. It wasn't, does Thursday 2 p.m. work for you? Because then he's got to go and check his calendar. And again, the decision architecture, it's hard, I'll ignore. It was yeah. soft. I actually, didn't, I didn't ask for anything. Actually, I said. I was going to say, what, what, what was? Was there any CTA whatsoever? Yeah, with Tim, it was really simple. It was, you know, after you get your feet into the desk, um, let us That's know, right. you know, when works. I'm happy to share this insight because, again, I was looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I didn't want, I, and and I've really haven't been in a position where I've had so much pipeline pressure on me where I have to convert deals now, and I've I've had that luxury you know for for over a decade right there was a moment in my career where i wasn't hitting my number and i felt that pressure and i was actually not living to the values of a sales professional right because i was just trying to push and push people when they weren't ready but when you have a healthy pipeline when you are prospecting every day when you've got lots of conversations happening you've got your relationship funnels really flowing you never have any pressure around having to get somebody into a meeting. And this is the key thing I want to share as well, right? I didn't have pressure. I could take the pressure off. I could reduce that tension for Tim. And it gives me an element of confidence and control. Yeah? It makes you enjoy the process. Absolutely. And it's like you see this in negotiations, yeah? When you want a deal, you will. there's a little bit of anxiety that's starting to kick in. And the other party can feel that. And and, and I've seen this. you know, we've I've seen this with my good friend, and you know him, Mark Morano. Um, mm-hmm. I've been there in negotiations when you can just see that he's calm. There's no pressure. He's not concerned if it moves forward or if it doesn't. He's got a position, and that's incredible. It's an incredible confidence to bring to the table, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's not worried. It's not like a do or die. Yeah? Yeah. And we see this in prospecting. It becomes do or die when you're having to ask, ask, ask because you haven't got anything behind you. Mm-hmm. So in this case with Tim, it was I, I had so much behind me. It didn't matter if he booked today or next week or the week after. I still had in my mind 
My process was going to be, even if he doesn't respond, I'm still going to nurture. I'm going to drip a bit more, right? I'm going to give him some more insight. I'm going to maybe share what his competitors are doing, right? Hey, have you seen this? Did you know this? What about this? Because that is triggering thought, yeah? And at some yeah, point, right. I can go give, 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 ask, right? Yeah, perfect. Because I've given a bit. I've given. I've showed him that I'm not just here because I'm doing a generic outreach message that I've done one to 500 and, you know, I want an outcome of getting a meeting. I've actually taken the time to nurture and give, right? Yeah. So, David, it pays dividends, not only in the fact that, yes, Lucia became a client, but um, Tim and I have formed a great relationship. And I think the biggest takeaway for our audience from this episode, from my perspective, right, it's I want to build equity in my relationship funnel. I want as many relationships as I possibly can that look like Tim. Because why? Because I've got not just value to give, but Tim's adding great value back. Yeah, we've actually got a relationship. I know that if I asked him for a referral, he'll refer me to three or four people just like him, right? Um, and I'm building, I've got a great network of people in that funnel right now. And that is transferable. No matter where, over the next few years, I it's going to continue. It's, it's like I've invested in really good shares and they're going to continue to pay dividends, right? That's the difference between prospecting with the methodology that we've just shared today which was do some research, find a reason to reach out, give a little bit of value, you know, through an insight-led approach. Don't be so forceful in asking for a meeting, right? It doesn't always have to be like that. It can be a nurture-led approach. And over time, it will deliver a return on investment. Do you have a great product? but are struggling to reach more customers? Are you spending hours on sales activities that aren't generating results, leaving you feeling frustrated and discouraged? The Sales OS program is a step-by-step -step operating system that will help you slash your selling hours in half while rapidly growing your revenue. In under just two weeks, you can be well on your way to creating predictable revenue. In Sales OS, we'll show you how to build predictable sales pipeline build lasting relationships with your customers, and sell more in less time. The art of negotiation and motivating and leading a successful sales team. If this sounds like something that you need in your business, visit growforum.io forward slash sales and apply to see if you have the right mindset to achieve predictable revenue. The Sales OS program is your ticket to predictable revenue. Don't wait any longer. Apply today. I love that. I love that analogy there that you mentioned, Louis. Treat it like you know shares. It's, it's an investment, right? An investment. And it all comes down to not being lazy, right? If you had yeah. to sum everything up, it's just don't be lazy. You know, it's too yeah, easy to just you know buy some shares because they look fancy and you want to build a portfolio. Reach out to a thousand contacts, but you're being lazy. You know, yeah. do the research, invest the time, build a relationship, and it'll forever pay dividends. Absolutely. Um, so great way this to, uh, to wrap up. Yeah, and this is this is this is a perfect way to wrap up because we've got, you know, three we've got probably two or three more enablement professionals that are coming yeah. on in the next couple of weeks, and that'll round out our how to sell to enablement, and then the playbook will accompany that. That'll have the persona, it'll have some messaging frameworks that we've used right to sell to those yeah. people, and but we've also used a, 
the insight that we've learned from them in the episodes, it'll have some cadences, it'll have some questions, it'll give our audience what they need to be able to sell to enablement. So we hope this episode has been valuable. Um, as always, please subscribe to wherever you're listening, Dave. Um, and anything else that we need to cover before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. Uh, look out for next week's episode, and uh, thanks for for tuning in. Yeah, and 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 folks, I know you've tuned in for me, but uh, let's make Dave feel somewhat appreciated. So thank you, Dave, for showing up. Louis, I'm going to disconnect your audio right now. Goodbye. <laughs>